there's just this insatiable demand for content and to produce good quality content, as you will know, as a podcaster yourself, um, <laughs> it's not easy. You know, it can be pretty yeah. relentless to, yeah. to, to keep things flowing and uh, keep the standard high. Um, so, so, so time is an enemy. Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And to help us do just that, I am chatting with today's guest, Andrew Armitage from A Digital, about where he has had to push through what he does to recharge his batteries and to be, as well as, well, basically what he's looking to be more of. So the show notes, the transcripts, and my conversation with Andrew are available on our website, pushtobemore.com. And also while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. And each week we will email the links from the conversation, from the show, automatically direct to your inbox, which is totally free and totally amazing. So sign up. Now, this episode is brought to you by Orion Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcasts. Andrew, you know what? I have found running my own podcast to be super, super rewarding. It opens doors to amazing people like nothing else I have seen. I have built networks, made friends, and had a platform to champion my customers, my team, and my suppliers. And I think just about any entrepreneur or business leader should probably have a podcast because it's had such a huge impact on my own business. Now, of course, that sounds great in theory, but in reality, what well, there's the whole problem of setting the thing up, distribution, getting the tech right, knowing what the right podcast strategy is. I mean, the list goes on. My problem is I just love talking to people, but not all of that other stuff. So Orion Media takes it off my plate. I do what I'm hopefully good at and they brilliantly take care of the rest. So if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com, orionmedia.com. And of course, you'll find a link to them on the Push website as well. So yes, you will. Check it out. Uh, right. Now, let's talk about Andrew, shall we? He is a digital marketing expert, an award-winning, award-winning, it's a very difficult phrase to say, uh, an award-winning agency founder and best-selling author with over 20 years experience in the industry as the founder and director of A Digital. He oversees a talented team uh, of eight and has built bespoke websites and applications for top companies like ExxonMobil, the wonderful NHS, and because it's all in the same bracket, Windermere Lake Cruisers. Oh, yes, it is. Now, Andrew's best-selling book, Holistic Website Planning, offers actionable insights and strategies for businesses looking to gain a competitive edge through digital marketing. And actually, Andrew, I was checking it out. You've got some great reviews on Amazon, but we'll come to that. He also hosts the Client Side Podcast, where he shares insights from senior digital leaders on the impact of digital on people, culture, and performance. A fellow podcaster, ladies and gentlemen, loving this. Outside of work, Andrew loves exploring the amazing Lake District uh, in which he lives. His passion is helping businesses succeed through digital marketing, and that is only matched by his love for the great outdoors, which makes a lot of sense when you live in such a beautiful part of the world. Andrew, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us, man. How are we doing? I'm doing really well, Matt. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's great that you're here. And I have to be honest with you, I am slightly envious of the fact that you live in the Lake District. 
we're certainly very fortunate. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful place to be. Uh, it's not necessarily the place that I would think of uh, setting up a technology-based business. <laughs> uh, if I'm being brutally honest, I suspect a lot of people might take the view, oh yeah, that's where we went on holiday. It's maybe not the, uh, the, the first thought of uh, choosing their digital agency based up here. But, uh, but no, it, it is a wonderful place to be. Uh, we can have a fantastic work-life balance. Uh, you know, the, now, now the days are getting longer. Uh, you know, at uh, five o'clock, I can be out on my bike or, uh, oh, or walking yeah. up the hills uh, pretty soon, uh, not far from here. So, uh, so yeah, it's a fabulous place to be. I bet it is. Now, uh, in Liverpool, which is where I am today, despite the fact that it is spring, apparently it's snowing. Uh, do you have snow where you are? Funnily enough, we don't, uh, or at oh. least we don't at the moment. I, I may find as I come out of the room from uh, recording this podcast, <laughs> I might have a late night here. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, there's track. almost certainly going to be some on the uh, the fell tops, but uh, but not at this level just yet, at least. Oh well, well, well you've got better weather than we have, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> so, listen, you've had an impressive career in digital marketing, right? You've worked with some big name clients, uh, which I mentioned. Uh, uh, what was it, Lake uh, Windermere? Lake Cruises being one of them, obviously. Now, what inspired you to start your own agency and how did you go about building it into the sort of multi-award winning company that it is today? Well, um, <laughs> it all sounds very grand, multi-award winning company. I mean, we're only small. <laughs> we're, 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 not, we're not taking on the world. We're not, uh, we're not this huge behemoth of, of a, a global enterprise. Um, as you said in the introduction, you know, we're, we're a team of eight. Um, but I've, I've long had a fascination for, for tech and, you know, I was growing up in an age, uh, well, I was sort of around 16, 17, around the late nineties as the, the internet really started to go mainstream. Mm. Um, and perhaps even a few years before that, I, I just had this sort of love for connecting wires into things and, uh, this fascination of being connected to a server somewhere else in the world. You, you must remember all of those. CompuServe CDs and AOL oh, CDs, yeah. Netscape yeah. that dropped through the yeah. letterbox. Yeah. Uh, and they were coming through you know, almost every day. Uh, yeah. And I guess for me, uh, it became a little bit like Lego with websites and things because you could, you could tinker about with a bit of code, you could publish it, and then yeah. if you didn't like it, you go and change it, or you realize then you could do something else with it. Um, and I guess one thing led to another with, with that. And I just felt this was a huge opportunity for, for, for businesses. Uh, as uh, the early start of my career, as, I, as you said, I spent time with, uh, with ExxonMobil and I was given this copy of, <laughs> back then, Front Page 98 uh, and told to get on <laughs> and know, build an internet that. site yeah, because yeah. E everyone had been watching Tomorrow's World where they were talking about <laughs> the paperless office. Oh, jeez. I know what video you're talking about tomorrow as well, because it's been doing the rounds on YouTube. And I, I, I remember that software. I, I totally do. So I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening outside of the UK, tomorrow's world, uh, just tell uh, everybody what tomorrow's world actually was, because it, it's, uh, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, Tomorrow's World, it was, I seem to think it was something like Thursday night, seven o'clock. Oh, no, that was Top of the Pop, so it was maybe after Top of the Pop. But it was a, a, a program on, on the BBC, and it was, what, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. Yeah. And it was all of these weird, wacky, wonderful innovations that were going to uh, go mainstream over the yeah. coming years. There was, I don't remember there been a specific time frame ever put on some of these things. Um, but you know, the mobile phone was one of them. Okay. That yeah. has come to fruition in more ways than perhaps we could have ever imagined back then. 
but uh, yeah, the much aspired to paperless office is is one that definitely hasn't yet. Uh, but no, it was it was fun, and uh, as you say, you can find the, the videos on YouTube, and uh, okay. quite entertaining to look back on to see, in some cases, just how crazy the thoughts were this back then in terms of what we could achieve. Yeah. It was great, wasn't it? I was riveted to tomorrow's world when I was growing up. Like, this is what the world could look like in a few years. Like, yeah. wow, this is amazing. And oh, yeah, I mean, in some ways they got it right and in some ways they got it horribly wrong. But they did this one that's worth looking, actually. Go check in on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but they basically predicted everybody would be working at home and what the home office would look like. Um, and I think they did this in the 80s and it was just really fascinating. And some of the things you're like, you've got that bang on. You know, just bizarre how how it worked. A bit like The Simpsons predicting uh, who was it was going to become president, uh, Donald Trump, um, and, and and other things like that. So yes, uh, tomorrow's world. What a blast from the past! Indeed, what a blast from the past. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of recognised the opportunity it presented, I suppose. Mm, and mm. Uh, as I went through my career, I, I I I've I've always been creative. I've always enjoyed. Uh, your graphics and being arty, uh, typography, things like that, photography as well. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so I kind of look to combine the two things. Really, that's mm. uh, that's really where my interest got big. And we've got a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in the family as well. My dad ran his okay. own business. My sister's self-employed now as well. So, um, uh, I, I guess I felt a little bit more inspired and had the confidence to go my own way. So how old were you when you when you sort of ventured out in your own territory? Oh, we're going back to about 2006. So uh, mid-late 20s, mid-late 20s. Okay. So good, I'd, actually I'd a, couple, a, a good time to do it, I think. Yeah, I'd had a couple of years uh, corporate experience. Um, I, I perhaps wish I'd had a little bit more small business or even agency experience. Mm. Uh, I did business studies as a degree. And I think I look back and think, actually, you know, I wish I'd done more of a graphics or a, a yeah. creative or technical degree, because that's something that I really enjoyed. But actually what I've learned over more recent years is that's not my role now. You know, I enjoy it, but if I'm running a business, I can't be getting too involved in uh, the nitty gritty of, uh, of code and, uh, and development work. Yes, I can oversee it, but I don't necessarily need to be uh, quite so clued up on all the latest bells and whistles that people are working with. But yeah. I think having that understanding of the logic and everything that sits behind that, the complexity that development can bring, uh, then then that certainly helps because you know, often I'm sat in front of clients and uh, you know, have, having to explain certain things, why something is perhaps harder than it appears to be, uh, the complexities and risks that can appear with those types of um, challenges as well. Mm. So um, so yeah, it, uh, it, it, I, I felt I'd got enough experience under my belt to, uh, to sort of go out there and uh, sort of find my own way. But yeah, we're all learning, aren't we? It doesn't matter how yeah, much experience yeah. you have. You know, there's always going to be something up that, that comes up. And uh, the, I think probably one of my favorite sayings, I might even mutter to myself, is that every day is a school day. <laughs> and it's such a true statement as well. It's like, what have I learned today? Well, a whole lot. Yeah. So you set the business up in 2006 in your mid-20s, um, and you're still a small team uh, by your own admission, sort of eight people, which is actually probably quite nice, to be fair. It's not, it's not gone crazy. Did you ever have the desire to sort of do the 50, 60 staff agency or always quite happy with, the, with not having all of that drama? No, do you know what? Um, I, I suspect like a lot of agency owners, I set out without really a clear goal, you know, and, mm. and in your mid-20s, you're not exactly thinking about 
um, you know, how are you going to retire or sell out, or at least I wasn't. Um, so it was really a passion that I had, something that I was able to make some money from doing, uh, you know, picked up early clients, became a bit more official. Um, so no, there was, there was never really a huge ambition to take over the world. And, you know, I think still there's, there's enough to go around for everybody. And there's a lot of merits from, from staying small. And, mm. you know, I suppose in my, in my head, I've thought, you know, 15 to 20 may be a good size, but, you know, we're not there yet. Maybe we don't get there. Maybe we do. Maybe we just don't pursue that level of complexity and actually we can become more efficient, work more effectively with the, uh, the talent, the resources that we've got. And um, it just becomes less complicated then, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm always grateful for the team that I have because they're amazing people. Um, and it's taken a long time to assemble the team. If, if that mm. makes sense. And it's, yeah, um, yeah it does. Uh, but you also know that if you ever have problems at the root of them is usually people. Uh, and so you always, the more people you have, the, in some ways it sounds a bit cynical, doesn't it? You, you multiply your opportunity for problems. Um, and that's good and that's bad. And I, I think it depends on who you are. I mean, we've got about 15 staff working with us now and it, it's, we've in the height of it, we had 55. Uh, and that, that changes your job completely or it changed my job completely. Um, and so I, I, I get it from both sides. So you've been running the business. You, what are some of the big challenges that you face then over the last sort of 10 years that um, have either shaped you as a person or sort of shaped your business? Yeah, I mean, o over 10 years, that's that's a lot of challenges um, from, from recruitment to lost pitches, uh, <laughs> picking yourself up from, from days that you think there's got to be an easier way. There's lots of <laughs> things, but yeah, recruitment is is a perennial challenge. Uh, you've got to find people that you can get along with, the right fit, with the right attitude. Um, I've always felt that looking and recruiting based on attitude and aptitude rather than necessarily raw talent mm. uh, can be uh, can be a good approach, you know, particularly if you're looking at, at, at more junior people that, uh, yeah. that you want to join the team. Um, you know, it's hard work. It's, uh, and I think in, in some ways it's, it's got easier, but in some ways it's got harder. Uh, you know, code now has become quite commoditized in a lot of ways. You know, you yeah. can talk into chat GPT and it'll generate code for you. Um, and yet we've got all of the advances that technology brings. So, so it's giving with one hand and taking away with the other. <laughs> and, and, and that's quite a challenge, particularly more recently. Um, and I always say to, to, to people that it feels like it's the easiest time to build your own website, but it's also mm. the hardest time. Mm. You know, there's amazing platforms out there that you can get for $15, $20 a month. You know, the Squarespace's, Shopify's mm -hmm. of this world. Uh, and you can be up and running in virtually no time at all. But then, you know, you can hit a ceiling with that. And, mm. and there's certain considerations that you necessarily, you, you don't always know that they have to become considerations as you go through those early stages and you sort of back yourself into a corner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the technology is, is always a challenge. And despite it being something that, you know, I'm passionate about, I love the gadgets, the gizmos and, uh, and learning new stuff, um, it, it does become a challenge to keep up and adapt because it, mm. it's, it's not just keeping, it, keeping up, but it is adapting to it as well. Um, and then, of course, you know, you have your setbacks in, in, in business. I think, you know, we've, we've typically offered uh, projects, uh, you know, work on a lot of fixed fee type projects. 
And uh, you know, one week it can look like you're really worried about how you're even going to possibly achieve the projects that you've got in front of you because you've got three or four proposals out that are just on the cusp of going your way. Uh, and then the following week, it turns out three of those didn't come to anything. And actually, the worry that you had last week has gone from one extreme to the other. Uh, yeah. And you're thinking, oh, things were looking good with those projects. And now all of a sudden, we've only got one of them or none of them even. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's always trying to even out that feast and famine. Um, but in a small business, that can be really tough. Uh, because you know, often it's me as the founder, as the owner that potentially has to pick up the loose ends, pick up pieces, or or, or go the extra mile uh, just to make sure that uh, you know we've we've delivered on our promises and clients are mm. getting the, the the level of service that they they want to see from us. Um, so you know that does come with compromise. Sometimes it does mean that there can be late nights. It does mean sometimes. You know, I've not done school drop-offs or or what have you, or I feel that I've missed out in in some cases. But uh, you know, it's 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 the pursuit of you know trying to achieve, and and I think you've got to look at these things in 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 a broader context. You can't just say, oh, well, it's been a bad day or a bad week. That's it. I'm throwing the towel in. So yeah. so I think you know, as much as trying to develop your own skills, it's about maintaining a discipline and um, sort of being comfortable with that. I think. There's a lot there, bro, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I just want to circle back to um, the thing that you mentioned about you've got to keep up and you've got to adapt, and you know you've got AI giving with one hand and taking with another, and it's you know it's AI sort of seems on the at the beginning of something really quite interesting. I know it's been around maybe a couple of years, but it, it just mm. seems to have gathered a lot of steam maybe the last six months and it seems to be quite interesting so as someone who's been in the digital marketing industry for a fair few years you've obviously seen the industry evolve right and change um and now we've got ai thrown into the mix so what are some of the biggest challenges sort of facing digital marketers today and and how do you stay ahead of the curve do you think it's a it's a good question i mean time i think is a huge challenge for a lot of people you know, there is this insatiable demand for content uh, across the world, be it a Netflix audience, uh, be it a business audience mm. that is looking for how to do something on maximize or optimize their YouTube channel. You know, there's, there's, there's just this insatiable demand for content and to produce good quality content, as you will know, as a podcaster yourself, um, <laughs> it's not easy. You know, it can be pretty yeah. relentless to, yeah. to, to keep things flowing and uh, keep the standard high. Um, so, so, so time is an enemy. Um, but then you've got things like ChatGPT, which do genuinely look like they can help with some of those more menial tasks uh, mm. that perhaps people find difficult. They don't always know where to start from. You know, you tap something into ChatGPT and it'll generate an email for you. And that can be ideal to just get you started. Yeah. I'm, you know, as much as I'm a, a supporter of that kind of technology, there are risks that come with it. And you know, there is still the lack of context. There is the lack of factual checking that is going to come from that. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really important that we don't um, get too carried away with it too quickly. Uh, we've got to, yes, absolutely use it, experiment with it, understand its pros and cons. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's part of the learning. I think for, for so many of us, 
Yes, there can be formal courses and training and things like that, but I think academia for quite some time, it may have changed more recently, but for, for quite some years, I think they've been behind the curve in terms of what the commercial world has, has wanted. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of understand that, but it doesn't necessarily help people who come out of uh, college or university with a degree or other qualification um, and find that they've, they, they've still got quite a bit of groundwork to put in. And you know, as I said earlier, every day is a school day. I think it is really important and I think it's absolutely reasonable to expect people who really want to develop and want to stand out that they, they, they do quite a bit of this extra learning or extra research uh, in, in some of their own time. Yeah, it's great if an employer can support it, but from an individual development point of view, if those people want to, to stand out uh, you can't just switch off at nine till five. Mm. You know, the mm. internet is there 24 seven. That's not to say that you go to the other extreme because of course, social media is constantly, yeah. uh, you know, with this constant stream of content, you can't do it all. So, so at that same token, pick an area that you can focus on that is manageable uh, and you are able to then develop and evolve with it. But you know, don't, don't lose that those softer skills, which I think are so important alongside some of the uh, more technical skills, uh, mm. because at some point you're going to have to stand in front of somebody and justify your position or justify why you've chosen to use chat BT, uh, GPT rather than write something out yourself or yeah. vice versa. Um, so you, you've got to know what's going on, but the soft skills have been able to work with people, hopefully aren't something that are um, are going to disappear because I'm, I'm a big believer that people buy from people and yeah. it's particularly in our business uh, and arguably yours yeah we're, we're selling a relationship that's ultimately yeah. what we're selling and uh, you know the byproduct of course could be a website or a web app or some sort of marketing mm. campaign or some sales uplift that's great and that's obviously part of the uh, the outcomes of the relationship but fundamentally it's been able to work well t with each other and uh, be on the same page with uh, sharing the same objectives that's so true and i i i'm a I, like you i'm a, i'm i'm a sort of i'm a i'm an avid fan of uh, ai but i i sort of almost hate it at the same time um but i i do look at it and go okay so it seems to me now the skill is actually in learning how to get the best out of ai that's going to be like the next big in-demand skill isn't it um absolutely but, yeah but and it is a uh, like I say to my kids all the time, it is a big but. <laughs> um, it doesn't replace human interaction, and that's the that's. I love what you said there that people fundamentally buy from people, don't they? And they they you still need that sort of relationship. I'm intrigued though because you said this, you made this statement about people's insatiable desire for content. Um, is that why you started a podcast? No, uh, no, it's not. Um, there was a few reasons for starting the podcast. Um, we had seen the growth in podcasting. You know, we'd mm. recognized that more and more people were doing it. Uh, I mean, I've followed podcasts. Uh, I think I had them on my iPod. So that's going back quite a number of years, <laughs> long before they came mainstream. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's probably partly the sector that, that we're in. So yeah, we, they were a little bit more accessible to me, I, I guess. Um, but, um, no, the podcast was an opportunity to try and share some of the conversations that we were having here internally with our team, mm. with, uh, people who were in digital roles or potentially clients, you know, let's not 
beat about the bush with it. It was a marketing yeah. activity. It was yeah. there to try and uh, support our lead generation and maintain and nurture relationships. Mm. Uh, it was a business investment to uh, to do the podcast. Um, but, you know, it's great fun. And I'm a bit of a, a tech geek. So, yeah, we got a bit of nice tech to, uh, mm -hmm. to support the podcast so we could get good quality recordings. I'm sat in a studio, which is something that, uh, again, was fun to fit out. And we've had the opportunity to, to, um, uh, for clients to come and do their own podcasts mm -hmm. in here. Um, but, uh, but you know, on a personal level as well, it's another one of those things that puts you out of your comfort zone if you're not doing these <laughs> things regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, you reach out to people and I don't think anybody I've ever reached out to has said no to being on a podcast and mm. we've done 50 episodes in our podcast we've we're on a little bit of a a winter hiatus at the moment and we'll we'll pick up again later in the year but you know it's one of those things that people have always said yes to it's a great mm. opportunity to spend an hour with them whereas if i was to try and contact them and say oh tell us a little bit about what's going on in your organization uh, as far as digital transformation you know they kind of look at you as if you've got three heads and think well yeah, i haven't yeah. got time for that yeah, but actually, you put a podcast spin on it, and yeah. uh, and people want to, yeah. uh, you know, be a part of it. They want to engage with you and talk about these things. So, mm. uh, in, in that sense, it was a great opportunity to to, to widen my own network as well. Mm. No, that's great. And you have got a beautiful studio. So, if you are up in the Lake District area of the United Kingdom and you need a podcast studio, do check it out um, because the pictures look lovely actually on the site. Now, you mentioned, uh, well, I mentioned, not you, I mentioned that you wrote. Um, a best-selling book. So I'm going to put it on screen if you're watching on, on YouTube there. Uh, holistic Website Planning. So um, apart from, you know, the desire to torture oneself, which is what I think most people feel when they want to write a book, um, what, what, is, what, why? Why would you, why would you write a book, Andrew? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Well, you know what? It's, it's not that dissimilar to why would you start a podcast? Um, the inputs are quite different. And it was, I'll, I'll be totally candid, it is a little bit like having a rather fancy business card. Um, <laughs> it, it, it isn't something that I particularly had a huge ambition to do. Mm. Um, I got involved in a business accelerator and I was surrounded by other people who were doing the same thing. And... It was an opportunity that came up. It was done during the pandemic. So I had a little bit more time at home, uh, wasn't traveling around quite so much. So, so time was less of uh, a pressure. Mm. Um, writing is something that really challenges your thoughts. And to be honest, yeah. that book was probably written three times over. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the script that came out of it would uh, would would probably double the length of the, uh, the mm. final book, um, but it, it forces you to challenge yourself. It forces mm. you into doing research to back up the things that you're writing about. Um, and actually, after well, it's been published a couple of years now, eighteen months. So 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 after ten years in the business, it was a really good opportunity to just revisit some of the things that perhaps I'd become a little bit rusty on, or the things that I wasn't doing on a day to day basis. Mm. And it, it's been really effective when we've met with new prospects, new opportunities to be able to mm. say, look, 
here's a book. Don't expect you to read it all. You're more than welcome to, of course. But there is some key sections that I might just draw your attention to that yeah. might help with your thinking as you go into this next stage. And the, the reason for that particular topic was because I've worked with corporates who will rename, uh, remain nameless, um, whereby you know there might have been 10, 15,000 pounds worth of work done. Suddenly there's a change in the leadership somewhere within the team or what have you, and a project is just cast to one side because somebody thinks, oh, actually, it's no longer uh, yeah. ticks the box. It's no longer going to achieve its goals. And yet all the work, the effort that has gone into it, not just the writing of code, but the meetings sat around thinking about the content, that human effort just goes to waste. And yeah, we hear so much more about sustainability everywhere we look these days. And yet there are so many companies still to this day that will build a website, they get excited about it. It looks great for the first six months. Then a few people um, might upload slightly off-brand images or mm. images straight from a camera, the performance starts to suffer. Then they stop writing content because they get busy with other things. And 18 months, two years down the line, someone else comes into the team or the MD CEO looks at the website and thinks, oh, that's looking a bit shabby. We need a new website. Mm. And, and it's really not a very effective way to work. Digital is very much about iteration. You know, unlike print, where you, you design and, and collate content for a magazine that might be mm. sent to 50,000, 100,000 people or whatever, that's it. That's it done. You can't change anything once that's been sent. But a website and, and digital properties, they evolve, they iterate over time. Um, and I think there's so much wastage with, with things that get thrown out. You've got the whole sustainability of websites themselves. I think that's a totally separate issue in terms of carbon consumption and whatnot. Yeah. But it was just quite a wasteful approach that companies build a website, watch it deteriorate over time, and then say, right, we've got to rip it up and start again. Um, and, and really, you know, yes, there are a time when, when a website will come to end of life, but if you pick the right platform that's got a, a longevity and, and a good roadmap, you shouldn't really have to keep going in and building a website every few years. You really shouldn't. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like I don't redecorate my front room every two years. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, mm. So, one, I mean, one of the things that I found interesting was just reading through the Amazon reviews of your book. Um, basically, everybody that read it seemed to have been doing a web development process. You know, they were like, our company needs a new website or we're, we're creating some kind of project. And they were like, this is brilliant. This is great. Recommend it for anybody that's thinking of doing that. So, uh, one more time, if you haven't read it, check out Holistic Website Planning. Uh, if you're doing a big web project, you'll probably find it quite interesting and helpful. So, Andrew... Uh, book, book plug over. Um, <laughs> let's. Um, you, you live in the Lake District. You mentioned you get out on the bike. How else do you? You've got. I mean, obviously, you're you, you're spending what four hundred hours a day writing a book. Probably writing part two now. You've got your agency uh, managing the staff. You've got your podcast. Life seems busy. What do you do to sort of um, uh, recharge your batteries, fill your tank? What's your What's your thing? Yeah. Walking or riding, quite frankly, are, are my escapes. Um, and I dare say, uh, I've got to add to that, running more recently. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's funny, you know, I got to what sort of August, late August last year, and I was looking at my step count by the end of the day. 
And in some cases, it was less than a thousand. You know, wow. come to work, I walk bad. up a flight of stairs, sit at my desk, drive home. Mm. Uh, and I just thought, this isn't, this isn't good. It's not particularly mm. healthy. And um, even though I would, you know, a 10 mile ride or walk at the weekend was, was not uncommon. I just felt I needed to be doing more. So, uh, so yeah, I started running, um, back in August and, uh, I, I tend to do sort of about six, six or eight miles a week, um, a couple of times a week, which, uh, which is great. Yeah. I really enjoy that now. Um, and the beauty of that is it sounds stupid when, as you keep referring to, we live in the Lake District, which is a fantastic place, but it's something I can do from the door. Um, <laughs> you know, if I'm going out on, on my bike, mountain bike, uh, yeah, there's places that might be sort of 20 minutes away. Uh, um, and, uh, you just throw the bike in the car and, and yeah. off you go. But sometimes, you know, time can be tight. Uh, mm. I've got wife married with, with two kids. Uh, there's after school activities and things like that. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's about balance. And to be honest, it, you know, even just taking my daughter to football, uh, training that, that, that is as much of an escape to me to be able to oh, yeah. go and watch and, and just have a chat in the car. It doesn't, I don't have to be you know, at mm. the top of a mountain or, or out on the bike. Those things are great and they really clear my head. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm quite comfortable doing those sorts of things on my own. Uh, I, I'm quite happy with my own thoughts. In fact, quite enjoy it, to be perfectly honest. It gives me an opportunity just to, just to distill things that might have gone on through mm. the week um, or, or what I need to think about for, for next week or even the bigger picture thoughts. You know, I think there's a real risk that we can get so bogged down in the, the from one week to the next. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got to look up as well and think about, you know, is this still what I want to do? Is this still the direction that I want to be taking? Um, but um, yeah, um, riding, walking, and uh, and a little bit of running thrown in. That's uh, that's generally the three things, and and then plus family time as well. Well, the family time I get, the walking I get, the running I don't get. <laughs> well, you know what's so crazy? I mean, even just 12 months ago, I wouldn't have got it either. You know, the last yep. thing I'd run for at that point was a bus that I'd missed at school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but then I found myself in the, uh, the, the Nike Town store in, uh, in London and Oxford Circus trying out all these different trainers because I'd really got into it. And you know, I'd heard other people say, once you start, you can find it a little bit addictive. And I did. Um, not so much from, oh, I've got to be out doing something, but just, I, it just cleared my, my head. And mm. I knew that I was doing something positive for myself at the same time. That probably started to encourage me to drink more water than I did rather than fizzy drinks. Um, I don't drink as much during the week. I tend to just leave that for the weekends to try and improve my sleep. So mm. yeah, that has had a little bit of a, um, a ripple effect into to other areas. And I'm mm. perhaps a little bit more conscious about what I eat as well. Um, not that I set out to do this to lose weight or, or, or anything in particular, but it, it's just provided this opportunity to think slightly more healthily than, uh, yeah, than, yeah, I, yeah. than I once did. Yeah, no, fair play. Fair, I mean, fair play to you. I, I, I'm always in awe at people that can run. I tried it and I'm not built for long distance running at all. I will power down the 100 meter track as quick as anybody, but anything over 100 meters, I'm just like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. We have a gym at the house, which is great. And um, <clears throat> it's just full of weights machines or bikes. And that's that's my that's my, my thing. So um, 
what does what does the future look like for you then? What's the, where's this all the next three to five years taking you? Yeah, good question. Um, and uh, do you know what? I'm 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 probably not thinking too far beyond the three years, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I'm 45 now, um, so I suppose I ought to be thinking about you know, what happens at some point. Uh, is that five years? Is that 10 years? Um, I enjoy my work. I enjoy what I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that could just think, right, that's it. I can just go and chill somewhere. I can sit on a beach. Uh, I, I get itchy feet. I have to be mm. doing something. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see myself uh, stepping back any anytime soon. Um, I don't want to be as involved in some of the day-to-day running of the business that's that's for sure and that that's a, a challenge obviously mm. um and uh, i think a challenge in a couple of respects one is letting go and yeah. allowing myself to step back you know for a long time i found it quite uncomfortable to to think that i might have been taking a day off and yet there was other people in the office of course they're entitled to their time off too um but there was this i, I guess this feeling of guilt that um other people were working, therefore I should be working. Um, and that was, that, that's taken a little while to reconcile, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got fuel in the tank. Uh, I want to, I want to develop the business. I want to grow the business. Uh, we're a team of eight. Yeah. We may get to 10, 12, uh, mm. but perhaps beyond that, uh, maybe not much more. Uh, you know, I want to really focus on doing great work with, uh, good clients. Mm. and uh, helping to solve problems that ultimately help their business and, and of course, in turn, help ours. And I want to be able to provide a good environment for, for people to work in, for them to develop their own skills. Um, uh, and, of course, I'd be lying if I didn't want to take something out of the, the business myself. But, you know, I think increasingly the, uh, the idea of building a small company, selling it for, for a fortune and then just kicking back, I, I I don't know if that's necessarily the place that I would be aspiring to. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's not about growing up to become necessarily, you know, two million and turnover and whatever profit that you know you become so attractive somebody wants to buy. And you know, at that point, you you're potentially running quite a different business. And you know, I still, although I talk about wanting to step back from some of the day to day stuff, I still want to. I don't want to sort of have a total disconnect between what's going on with development or, or, or the, the most recent design that uh, one of the guys has, has put together and should they have this type of font or another type of font. You know, I enjoy mm. those kinds of mm. discussions and, and being close to the cold face, but you know, I'm too rusty now to, to think about getting involved with code. My team just tell me not to <laughs> or shout at me when I've broken something usually yeah, yeah. Um, so i'm best not getting involved because it opens a can of worms but um you know at some point inevitably a decision is going to have to be made about you know what happens to the business is mm. there some sort of buyout from from the team potentially um is there some sort of merger or collaboration that's another option you know so it's 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 not hugely well defined i haven't got an exit plan as it were mm. um but uh, you know, we know there's there's opportunities to to do more with uh, some of our clients. We know there's opportunities to go out and uh, do do good things for new clients. 
Um, and uh, and that is very much the ambition. And I think if we could get a few more bums in seats that just help to define some of our respective roles uh, without becoming too big, then that feels like uh, the, the direction of travel. Yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. I mean, it's all very sensible. And I think the elusive, I'll build it, sell it for a shed load of cash and then retire and buy a boat. I think people are starting to see that for what it is. And actually, there's maybe one person out of a million that manages to do that. And for the rest of us, it's a little bit more complex. Um, uh, than yeah, that. and I think, I think you know, now we've come out of the pandemic, we've all perhaps got a slightly newfound appreciation for life. Mm. Um, you know, you could either enjoy life now um, uh, and have a slightly more comfortable route to that enjoyment, or you flog yourself to death to potentially... Mm enjoy it in five, 10 years time. Now, mm. some people will happily embrace that challenge. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're perhaps made to do it. Uh, it's it's what they get their kicks from and, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, but I think, yeah, the pandemic showed us that uh, life can be short sometimes and, mm. you know, the future doesn't always deliver what you might expect. So uh, perhaps, perhaps it's an opportunity to, um, perhaps rein some of that in and, and enjoy what you have rather than what yeah. you think you could have, but could easily be taken away. I think that's very true. I'm very wise. And I think um, that's like you say, the big learning of the pandemic, isn't it? It's like, let's do this now. Let's make it work now. Right. So speaking of making it work now, it's that time of the show where we go to the question box. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Uh, dramatic music aside, the rules of this game, Andrew, very, very straightforward and simple. I'm going to flick the cards. You're going to say stop. Wherever you say stop is the question that I'm going to read. Okay. Stop. Stop right there. Okay. This isn't Cards of Humanity or something, is it? It's uh... Similar sort of thing. Similar thing. <laughs> uh, so, you, I just want you to know you chose this question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, to be fair, I think this is quite a, a, a straight... It's not too dissimilar to the one you've just been answering, to be fair. Um, so I'm just writing your name on the question so I know who's done it. Are you where you wanted to be at this stage in your life? Um, uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I think we can always say we want more. Uh, there's another bike that I'd like to get. <laughs> but the wife says no, right? Um, but, um, uh, but you know, I've got two healthy kids that are growing up. Uh, we've got a fantastic family, uh, my wife. Um, so yes, in that respect. But if I was to honestly answer in terms of the business, no. Um, mm. But isn't that the nature of being in business? Um, yeah. You know, you, you're never quite satisfied with with where you are otherwise presumably you'd walk out the door and mm. uh, you wouldn't go back in so yeah that's part of the challenge isn't it you know because you've there's always just something else that you can yeah. do something else you can achieve or that client that you you're adamant that you can break the door down and and, yeah. and, and do some work with them so um so yes and no i think on mm. a personal level yes i feel that i am but probably not quite there on a business level I, and I totally agree with you. I, 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 I'm very blessed. I'm very privileged in a lot of ways, but I'm not finished. 
and um, I think if I if I read uh, like my journals from when I was 20, you know, in 20 years time, I want to do dot, dot, dot. You're like, man, you were miles off. Um, I mean, not even close, but the fundamentals are there. Like you say, like I wanted to be, you know, a family man. I wanted to be happily married. I wanted to have great kids, healthy kids. Um, and, you, and you've got those sort of, it's putting the big rocks in place, isn't it? And um, mm. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good question. I quite like that question. I'm enjoying the question box. I'm not going to lie. So my next random question, as you know, this show is sponsored by Orion Media, which specializes in helping business folks uh, set up and run their own successful podcast, something that you have been doing with the Client Side Podcast. So I'm curious, Andrew, um, you may have interviewed them already, but from everybody sort of past and present that's had a big impact on your life, who is your... Who's, who's, who would you like to interview and why? Well, good question. Um, big question. Who would I interview? Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit stumped. Oh, that's is, good. Yeah, in, in terms of, in, in terms of people that have in, in, inspired me on my on my journey i mentioned our families sort of mm. had a little bit of an entrepreneurial streak in there yeah. um i always i always sort of credit my dad with with a lot of that mm. um and that might feel a little bit weird interviewing him but um yeah it could be interesting you know now he's retired and you know the opportunity to sort of ask perhaps more questions about uh you know some of the decisions he made and some of mm. the perhaps the compromises that that he made that could be interesting um but uh, you know, I'm 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 not such a huge fan of celebrity. Um, you know, I love listening to people's stories and the challenges, mm. the adversity that they face, and how they've overcome those. And uh, you know, I think people have had to do far more of that than they often make out. And that's not necessarily secret. It's not necessarily that the you know they don't always feel comfortable talking about these things, and they don't always. Um, want to appear to be sort of pulling the sympathy card, but um, mm. but I'm I'm always fascinated by listening to people's stories um, and and their journeys and how I suppose in some cases how the stars align for them, yeah, um, for for better or worse, and uh, and what they did as a result of it. So you know, for 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 a name, you know, I could say someone like Stephen Bartlett or Richard Branson. That would feel a little bit cliched. Yes, they're interesting people their journeys are interesting um but obviously they're very focused on 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 business mm. um you know sometimes it doesn't have to be uh, any particularly notoriety in, in, in the person but just people that have got interesting stories i think which which is a bit of a wishy-washy answer i guess no i think it's a very good answer and the reason i'm smiling is because i mean i've not interviewed branson I, i'll and you know if, if if richard's listening you're more than welcome to come on the show uh or andrew's show actually go on the client side part either way we'd, we'd love to talk to you um but you know quite a lot of very famous wealthy people i have over the years interviewed in various ways and you, especially in the business arena and i've had the privilege of meeting them I've had the privilege of flying on their private jets and all this sort of stuff. And it's been great and it's been wonderful. And you get to ask them some really interesting questions in the roles that we've sort of done over the years. And I've really enjoyed it. And the thing that sort of unites humanity, whether they're super wealthy or whether they're, you know, 
absolutely nothing to their name is their story. And everyone's got a story of challenge, which is why I like doing this podcast. I'm like, what, what, what are some of the challenges? What have you overcome? I'm really, I'm genuinely curious because I find them quite inspiring. And um, so I don't think it's a wishy-washy answer at all. Uh, but I think it would be interesting to do the recording with your dad. And one of the things that I've noticed as I've asked this question to all of my guests is just how many men come on the show and say they would love to talk to their dads, especially if their dads have passed away. Um, and so if you get the opportunity, you should probably do it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's something to uh, to take away for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and forget about as soon as the call ends. Uh, but no, <laughs> listen, Andrew, it's been an absolute treat talking to you, man. It really is. Uh, how do people reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to do that? Yeah, sure. So um, on, a, on a personal level, I'm usually pretty active over on LinkedIn. Uh, Andrew Armitage um, is the uh, the handle that I have there. Um, but also you'll find me on Twitter at A Armitage. Same again on Instagram. I love taking and sharing photos. Um, and Strava as well. If you're a runner oh, or an outdoor yeah. uh, follower, you can uh, see where I'm getting to either running or riding um, here up in the lakes. So, uh, so yeah, those are probably the, the best channels on a personal level. Agency-wise, then uh, the, the business is adigital.agency. And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can contact me online through there. Fantastic. And of course, follow you on uh, Instagram or Strava. And if I do that, I'm probably going to find all those little hidden gems in the Lake District where the tourists don't really know about. And you, <laughs> you sort of have to go to a local to say, where should I go? I'm just going to stalk you on Strava and Strava and just go there. Uh, that's brilliant. Listen, Andrew, uh, sincerely, man, really enjoyed the show. Loved hearing you talk. Um, so many more questions, but um, time is against us. So genuinely thank you appreciate it very much appreciate the uh, the opportunity to speak to you matt it's been great no it's been great isn't it so we will of course link to andrew's info in the show notes which you can get along for free with the transcript on our website pushtobemore.com or if you sign up to the newsletter they'll be winging their way straight to your inbox also let me give a big shout out to today's show sponsor orion media if you are wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business and do connect with them at orionmedia.com that's a-u-r-i-o-n media.com uh, and just see what they can do to help you now be sure to follow push to be more wherever you get your podcast from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up and we don't want you to miss any of them and in case no one has told you yet today you are awesome yes you are let me get the right screen there we go you are awesome uh, it's just a burden you have to bear just being created and awesome that's right andrew is awesome i'm awesome you're awesome too. Now, Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you'd like to read the transcript or show notes, head to the website pushtobemore.com. That's it from me. That's it from Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.